Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, July 24th, it's a Sunday, 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 and the filibuster freestyle has an emergency need for UFC pundit Andrew Patterson, because you know what? Sometimes in the filibuster freestyle, sometimes in the UFC, you just got to make sense out of what's happening. Um, some crazy stuff has happened in the UFC in the last two weeks. Uh, there wasn't enough for Andrew to want to bite last week, but after last night's UFC 20 on Fox, he does. And that's a long-winded way of saying, I was vamping while he got himself another refreshment. Andrew Patterson, welcome back to the Filibuster Freestyle. What's up, Back man? with his refreshment and back with um, take so scorching hot they might light Gavin's kitchen on fire. They might light my kitchen on fire. As I told Andrew Patterson during the pre-show, there's a 5% chance that what I'm cooking on my stove right now goes all man-cooked bad instead of man-cooked good, like our buddy Jeremy Johnson, and uh, yeah. may catch on fire. And if so, it'll be your job to vamp while I use the fire extinguisher, which is under my kitchen sink. Yeah. If I start panicking, please start yelling, it's under your kitchen sink! It's under your kitchen sink! <laughs> I got it. And you know what? This is the kind of uh, show that they feel about the filibuster freestyle is it is people constantly ready to vamp for each other uh whether it be getting a refreshment or saving their entire apartment building from fire or any of those things and i will i will remind you that i'm not saying that's going to happen and i hope it doesn't but if it does you're ready to vamp and i appreciate that. i'm ready i'm ready yeah all right well listen i wanted to talk to you last week potentially because there was a lot that went down at ufc 200 and there's also was a lot that did not go down at ufc yes. 200 and we can get into that in a couple minutes. But last night we had UFC 20, oh, UFC on Fox number 20, I guess. And Ronda Rousey was not, was not there. Was it UFC 20 on Fox? Was it? Is it that high? I don't know. I think I don't it know was. Anyway. Was it? Okay. So, so Holly Holm was, was fighting, and obviously she lost her first fight after beating the once invincible Ronda Rousey to Misha Tate. She was fighting her second fight, and spoiler alert, she got it handed to her pretty, pretty hard last night again. Yeah. Um, and I want to get into that, and I want to get into the fact that Misha Tate, who Rousey had dispatched of you know over a year ago, whenever it was, easily, uh, Misha Tate had beaten Holly Holm, and then Misha Tate got beaten by this lady, Amanda, Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunez, Nunez, yeah. Nunez, Nunez, right. So, and, and apparently Nunez has already beaten up this woman, uh, or beaten this woman, Valentina Shevchenko. Shevchenko. Who, who's the one who just beat Holly Holm. So this just first, further exacerbates the fact that since Ronda Rousey lost, not only can the champion not defend herself, but the former champions can't even defend themselves. No. So, um, go for it. First, opening takes. Hit it up. All right. Well, I, I will tell you this. Either Dana White has played the women's bantamweight division into... He's either played a genius or he's totally, he's totally flubbed it up. And I can't decide which one it is. Correct. Um, because... I was under the impression, or I was under the thought that what you would have would have been, uh, if you weren't going to do a Rousey uh, home rematch immediately, which I can understand, uh, Holmes, yeah. that, I mean, that was the big thing going in, is people said that Holmes, that Holly Holmes' uh, style was a t was the literally the hardest matchup you could find for Ronda Rousey. Correct. So she was I her kryptonite. That, that weakness she had, and if you were going to have a chance of beating Ronda Rousey, it was going to be in Holly Holmes. So... Perhaps Rousey takes some extra time off. She wants to get ready for home or whatever it is. So you had home Tate, at which obviously Misha Tate wins, okay? So I thought at this point, you could, Rousey comes in next. She and Misha Tate have fought forever. Yep. 
you know, you can renew that rivalry. Ronda sure, she was the second best woman in the sport for a long time, right? Tate was the yeah, second well, best. For years, for a long... it was just those two. For okay. years, it was those two. You know, Misha Tate. People forget came to the table before Ronda Rousey. Did. Correct. She was there first. She was the best woman's fighter until Ronda Rousey beat her. Right. Um. But then, you know, through the years, you had these other people who were supposedly going to step up, like Kat Zingano or. One of these other women who was going to come in and beat Rousey, and Rousey armbarred them all in the first minute. Correct. So you're used to a division, or you're used to a fight class that I, I didn't pay much attention to because there was going to be all these flash on the pans other than Misha Tate. It was going to be Rousey versus a flash on the pan, Rousey versus Tate, Rousey versus flash on the pan. But now, have you really created this wide-open division where you've got Sevchenko, you've got Nunez, you've got Tate, got home, I mean, home ostensibly, but she's just lost twice. Correct. And you've got Rousey. He could have played this division into something that now plays five, six fighters deep, or you just have a bunch of, like, you know, pretty good fighters, and you're missing... You're missing that superstar. Yeah, you're missing missing a superstar. superstar. Yeah, right, right. You might be like... To your point, you might be intergenerational in terms of the next next top dog, unless, like, Rousey were to come back with a vengeance, or somebody else... Now, the only one I would say, I guess, and I, correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe that Shevchenko has not had a, a ton of exposure in the UFC to, to these other fighters, correct? Yeah, you know what, and, and this is what I've told you before, I, there, to a bit of this I plead ignorance because for a long time I didn't pay attention to it, right. I, you know, find out who Rousey was fighting, read up a little bit about them. So, in terms of a lot of their background, yeah, I think she's relatively new to the UFC as an organization. Correct. But their their roster depth isn't huge there. It's not like the men's divisions where... Yeah, there's 15, got, 20 guys that are solid. I mean, they rank the 15 in each division. Correct. I, mean, I, I don't even know how many women fight right now in this division. Right, exactly. So, so, so let me ask you this then. Um, so you got all right. So Rousey's working on a comeback, or she's been working on a comeback. You know, obviously she got beat up pretty good. To your point, she fought a woman whose fighting style in Holly Holm was uh, on paper her kryptonite, and in the ring that day her kryptonite. Okay, fine. So let me, I'm going to ask you a couple of rhetorical questions, or not even rhetorical, a couple of canned questions that we haven't gone over that I'm not don't necessarily have theories on, but I'm, I might. But number one, okay, if you're Rousey, and since you got you lost your first professional fight. Pretty much every top woman has lost to each other at least once. I guess, yeah. my, I guess my first question is, do you even come back? What's your motivation to come back? Right. right. I mean, and that, that's a legitimate... If she comes back and loses, that's a whole new tar on, on her... Yeah. On her, not reputation, but you know what I mean, on her legacy. Correct. Um, but if you come back, if you have faith in yourself and you come back and you're going to do what you were doing before, and you know, and, and you say, hey... Like, you know, I've worked in my kryptonite, but not only that, I'm going to beat all these other women. And then you go and do what you did for a few years. Right. Your legacy is even greater. Oh, no question about it. I agree with that. So You know, that's you, almost greater than someone's legacy who's undefeated the whole time. Right, because, well, what it's proven. Found out what beats you, and you came back stronger. Correct. What, what, what you do is you learn from it, and then as, as in the aftermath of her first loss last November... All these women have beat each other up, you know, which means that maybe they're all a little bit better and more dangerous than it used to be. So to your point, if she went through her whole career undefeated, you could make an argument, well, she fought tomato cans her whole life. Just yeah. Not because she wasn't good, but because she was so much better. But now, with a loss, even if it was because she had a bad night or a bad training plan or was too busy with extracurricular activities, if she were to come back and be dominant, it would actually, like you said, validate her legacy because these women are proving that none of them are better than each other, but, but one of them beat her. 
And now they're all beating each other. Okay. Yeah. It's like uh, Batman. Okay. Batman versus Bane. He lost. He goes to a prison, breaks his back, and he comes back. He's like, no, you know what? Watch what I learned. <laughs> Tell you what, man. I went to your home dojo, the prison underneath the ground in the desert, and guess what, Bane? I'm ready to roll. P.S. You shouldn't have blown up Heinz Field. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Do you think that she needs to come back? And by that I mean not what UFC wants, not what fight fans wants. Do you think that Ronda Rousey personally, and again, I know you're not her, but like, does she need to come back and try to write this ship? You know what puts a uh, whole wrinkle in this is one of her interviews that she did where she talked about how she was so depressed that, I, and you'll have to, I, I, forgive me, I didn't look at the interview before we did this, but she talked about being almost suicidal. Right. After that loss. So, like, as jabroni, like, commentator on, no offense, your podcast, like, am I going to tell Holly Holm what, uh, am I going to tell Ronda Rousey what to do? No. I mean, like, that's serious. But in terms of if she really wants it, you've got to do it, right? You've got to do it. That, 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 that chance, like, your legacy to, to really build it up like that. I think is yeah um, yeah you, you know what's funny is I, and I, hard to pass up correct correct now and I'll get it I agree I I definitely agree with that and I think I got a take on that in a minute but a couple more questions the or maybe a statement but you can agree with or disagree with it the UFC in terms of the women's game and I know there's a couple different weight divisions now but I feel like they certainly need her back um yeah I mean well not overall not as an operation not as a lost John Jones. You were going to bring back Brock Lesnar for your heavyweight division. That is a mess. And that went great. You lost Brock Lesnar. Uh, you don't have Ronda Rousey. You know, um, UFC really just went under this transition period of a lot of long-time champions into this new one. And, and seemingly, none of these, no one's sticking. Right. You know, for, for, for really well. I mean, uh, other than Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson, who, but he's flyweight. Nobody pays attention to him. Yeah, just the too little. Unbelievable fighter, you know. He he stuck around. He's been their only champion in that division, right? Okay. Um, but you're getting a lot of of belt switches, which again you look at as as a fighting organization. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to tell you. If you're trying to attract new people, maybe it's a bad thing because you don't have that name recognition, right? If you, if you watch fighting, it's 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 not a bad thing. It's a good. It there's there's a lot of high quality level fighters and every title bout is, is is like a real bout now and even every title elimination bout is 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 huge it's awesome it's it's great to watch as a established fan i can see it might be tough for new fans tough for new fans and what you got to think is you've got the new fans are really important to ufc in terms of the new ownership because they just spent four billion dollars to buy the company right. <laughs> Exactly. And to build up mainstream stars out of the fighters, which you can't do if nobody ever wins more than one in a row at the, high, at the highest right. level. You can, how do you do it? Right. So that's going to be tough for uh, Ari Emanuel, a.k.a. the guy who, put, who was the inspiration for Ari Gold and Entourage. Okay. So but you, do you, as an established fight fan, even want to see Rousey home too right now? Or would you rather see Rousey fight somebody else? Well, like I said to you... Um does Rousey uh, have to fight have home? I have a huge vested interest in the women's, in the women's division. So, Correct. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I want to see Rousey come back. Do, does she fight Nunez for the title right off the bat? Does she? I mean, I, I would have said home before, but home's lost twice now. Right. You know what? 
And that's he what I mean. He come in and do a title elimination fight against uh, Tate, perhaps. Doesn't, or Shevchenko. Cor- I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing her versus uh, Shevchenko because at least they haven't fought yet. And right. I will say this about Shevchenko, and I, obviously what I've learned about her has been in the last two weeks leading up to the fight, but she's got an interesting backstory in that her sister's also a professional mixed martial arts fighter. Her trainer was shot in the abdomen and it was almost died during her training camp when they were like overseas. Um, really? I missed that. Oh, you that. didn't know that? Yeah, it's crazy. No. And she was able to kind of like recompartmentalize during her, during literally during the training camp and like come back and obviously beat a really seasoned fighter yeah. uh, the other night. So um, really interesting stuff there. And um, at least, I mean, we've already seen Rousey Tate and it wouldn't be a title shot. And now I, I'm for she beat Nunez a while ago, right? Probably. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if Rousey's fought Nunez. Okay, so if it's she a new if it's a new fight, then God bless her, give it to her. But I think you'd rather see her fight somebody new, you know, because that might mean that, you know Yeah. You know, anyway. All right. Well, I, I mean I think I give Nunez the break, bring Rousey back, have her fight a title elimination fight against whoever you want her to fight against. Correct. But this Fedchenko background, I mean it's interesting, trainer gets fought. I will tell you one thing you learn. The more you watch fighting, uh, the backgrounds most of these people come from involve people getting shot or having to come back from the bottom of the barrel. Like we are not talking like most, Bane. For the most part, fighter right? Like Bane. <laughs> fighters are not growing up in like you know the ritzy suburbs with correct with, the with rosy backgrounds. Yeah, like you know what? I was already at the top of the world, born with a silver spoon in my mouth, and I thought. What could make this better? If I could beat everybody up who was already lower than me. Correct. It's a little bit like if Ricky Schroeder and Alfonso Rubiaro from Silver Spoons started a mixed martial arts dojo in yeah. uh, the living room of that mansion. Okay, cool. All right. So let me ask you, let me give you a couple thoughts on, on Rousey real quick. It seems like this comeback is going to go one of two ways. Well, one of, th- one of three ways aside from not coming back at all, which I think she will. Okay, yeah. Uh, either she comes back, wins the title, and decides, drop the mic, I won the title, I retire the champion. And no I think, way. Well, I think if she could have fought in home and avenged her loss, she could have and would have. Maybe, well, not even that would have, but could have. Could have, could have. Could have, potentially, but there's no way she does it now given what's happened Correct. since she's fought. So I think what's more likely is that she's to come back and pretty much beat the crap out of everybody Yeah. and then retire, Correct. That's that. That is. Uh, that's what. I, how awesome would that be to watch? I mean, I think that would be fantastic. That's what I'm rooting for. I was. I always kind of liked Rousey. Um, was never not a huge fan, but you know, I liked her. I didn't have anything against her. But I would be rooting hardcore for that to happen if she came back. Okay, I would too. Um, I think that'd be the best story. I know this isn't a story. Though. This is real life, and as, as we learned, yeah. because the, the, no, but life is made up of stories. All right. Correct. Anyway, but it would be the best story. So. Um, let me ask you this. Here's kind of a here's kind of a thought for for me with with her, and you brought back up that you brought up that suicidal piece, and I'm sure a part of it was being undefeated, being invincible, being the champion, being now kind of like at that Dwayne the Rock Johnson, transcending your sport, going to Hollywood, yeah. getting commercials, losing all of that in the span of a half an hour or less, and right. has got to make you feel whether suicidal or not, pretty much takes away your entire being and essence and chi or whatever, right? Well, and I think that's what I think that's she said almost as much is that her entire being was around being this undefeated, untouchable fighter. Right. You literally you lose that in in a ten minute. I mean, she lost in the second round. Correct. Right? So it was ten minutes. You're she right. That in seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, what is the parallel for you or I? Like, you go into work tomorrow, and they're like, uh, "By the way, you've lost your job." Also, we bought the trademark to your name, so your new name is Gavin Johnson, and we own your apartment. 
Correct. And your car, even though we don't want it, we're not going to let you drive it anymore either. Right, exactly. Right. So I guess my question on that, Dan, or my thought on that is, since that loss, and again, I know she was very injured, and I know she was definitely burning herself at both ends of the candle in terms of her commitments and her extracurricular you know, work, if you will. Which was the knock on her going into Correct. Going into, Correct. Which she I was, thought was silly, but... Yeah, exactly. But she's kept a super low profile since her loss, which means she's either been super focused on recovering and training and or mainstream American advertisers are kind of staying away, not running her ads, not running to give her money to do other things besides fighting. And it's kind of giving me a vibe of like Olympic athletes, of which she is one. She was an Olympian. Yeah, in, in that you only get love and play in the six months leading up to and after after the Olympic Games, if you do well, you know, and then someone yeah. like Michael Phelps has transcended that because he's won more medals than anybody else in the world ever. Um, but how many people do that? Basically, no, basically nobody. So, so anyway, so she's kind of back to this land of people are only going to care about you if you win mixed martial arts fights and how quickly it came away. But do, do you think there's a huge sigh of relief? That now that everybody doesn't want a piece of her, she literally can, whether she wanted to or didn't or not, in terms of the training going into Holly Home. She has no excuse but to train crazy for whoever. Well, dude, I said this as a throwaway at the beginning of our conversation, but the parallels on the Ronda Rousey Batman uh, thing are, are really crazy. <laughs> Coming back hard, yeah. She has gone <laughs> underground to train to, you know, I don't, I, uh, what is Ronda Rousey doing? I don't know. Um, I, I haven't read much about whether she's coming back or not. I don't know if it's a big mystery or I'm just not paying attention to it. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when, when you talk about it in those, like... She's, like, in the dojo right now. Or if not yeah. in the dojo, she's in the dojo of her mind because she's been off the radar. She's she's not the hero the UFC deserves, but she's the hero the UFC needs. Oh, burn! <laughs> That's my Bane impression. It feels pretty good with no, no you know, mouth mouthpiece. I think everybody feels like they have a good Bane impression. And they don't. And neither do no. I, and that's fine. Uh, no. All right, so Pete, by the way, I didn't say it earlier. Philibusterfreestyle.com. Uh, we got your bio up there. When are you going to write us something? Just really quick aside. You got something for us? Um, well, I've got my first piece in mind. Is the, is the, is the submission date now open? Can yeah, I, I, it's ready to write? roll. Whenever you want to do it, All you right, do it. so okay. I think I'm going to sit down this week and write something. I know what I, I've already got my topic fleshed out. Okay. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad to hear it. So you can find Andrew Patterson all over the world, but you can also find him at philibusterfreestyle.com. All right, speaking of, um, we were talking about the Batman-Ronda Rousey corollary. Back when Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey, you came on the emergency podcast, and Holm, I said, you know, if she were to lose, she could become Buster Douglas. And I want to do an apology, not a rap apology, to Buster Buster Douglas. Okay. Because I happened to be watching something on a 30 for 30 yesterday about Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson, and like it was basically the lead-up of them finally fighting. But yeah. Buster Douglas, Holly Holm comparison is completely unfair to Buster Douglas. Sorry, James, Buster Douglas. He was 29-4-1 when he faced Tyson. So he obviously won one and lost one to Holyfield, who's an all-time Hall of Famer, too. Yeah. He then won his next six in a row in eight of his last nine. Really? Uh, he finished like 38-6-1, and, and he never lost two fights in a row. So... James Buster I Douglas. No idea. I'm very I sorry. I've seen that 30 for 30. Correct. Now Buster Douglas, I will say he fought a bunch of tomato cans after losing to Holyfield, but like yeah. at least he beat said tomato cans. Right. And I, and I hate to pile on Holly Holm because one, no one cares, and two, she's had a tough six months. But she's, she's, yeah. 
She's gone from the from the height of it to the the pits of despair. What do you think happens with her? I, I know you again. I know you haven't invested a lot of time and energy into this, but like, um, honestly, now this could be like famous last words. This is just really based on nothing and feeling, but. Uh, she's in trouble. Yeah, I, I mean, she could be done. Yeah, she, I mean, she was a boxer coming in, and people, you know, uh, how long do you have a boxer in there before MMA people figure it out? Uh, and they may have figured it out. Yeah, the problem I mean, is when she you just put got destroyed in that fight. Yeah, I mean, it that sounds was. like by all accounts that you know she hit a couple solid shots in the first round, and then Shevchenko made like one. She adjust- won the first round, right? And, and then, then Shevchenko, Shevchenko basically just- won the next four. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It would be kind of like watching like the little school kid versus the school bully. Like the school kid gets the first punch and you're like, oh my God, he's going to pull this off. And then just you watched him just get pounded for literally 20 minutes. 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah, I was going to say 20 yeah. minutes or so. Yeah. <laughs> With ring breaks in the middle. Um, yeah. Okay, anyway, round breaks, I mean. Okay, um, that's good to talk about. Really quickly, um, any other hot takes last night on either like Edson Barboza or Francis, was it Naganyu or... Naganu, now, well, heavyweight, the heavyweight division is another one that's in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I got, I got, we're going to get into Brock Lesnar in a minute for the folks who are hanging out yeah. for, the, for the Brock so, Lesnar talk. I, I'm looking for someone in the heavyweight division to, to root for. Maybe it's Naganu. Uh, I, I don't really know much about him before that fight. Um, Barboza, I mean, that was a great fight. Yeah, that it was. was. Really he fight. looked pretty good, that but was... it sounds like his teammate Eddie Alvarez or whatever is the champion, so he's not going to want to fight him. Yeah, he just won it a couple of weeks ago. Eddie, I mean, but that's a great division. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really, that's a great division. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, that's got Habib Nurmagomedov in there. Who, uh, dude, check him out. He is, he is my. Uh, what is he? Twenty nine and zero. You have a computer in front of you. I do. Good luck spelling that. After yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to look it up later because I can't do that on the fly, you know? Uh, I think he, well, he's, he's undefeated. Um, his father trained him from the time he was a little kid in Russia. Oh, I know who the dude is. I've seen him. I've seen him. Totally true. Wrestling bears. Sometimes you got to wrestle a bear or two. Anyway. Like he was a 10-year-old. In his, I mean, so he's... So he's a stud. Dos Anjos fights in that division. Yeah, um, it's a good division. Yeah. So now Felice Herrig won a match. Um... I guess the girl from Hawaii, Kaylin or Callan, whatever. Yeah. Um, she seems like a nut job, Felice Herring. Herring. Well, not she, a nut job, but wrestling with demons, literally. <laughs> oh no, no, she's definitely like she's. Um, was she? Did she do adult movies? Or she's. Oh, dude, I need to look that up. Not like in like the watch it, but like in the. That's a great hot fan. I have no idea. That's that's true. Wow. Uh, I can't remember. She, or she maybe posed for pictures. Um, okay, so she's she, got some like skeletons in the closet. In addition to like. Yeah, well, I think she kind of referenced it last night a little bit when she oh, was right. talking. about I missed it. I missed it. Okay. Um, they did like the pre-fight thing. It was the only one I really paid attention to. But um, she kind of talked about. Well, she just took like a year and a half off. Yeah, because kind of in the lead up to the on in the lead up to the fight. When I learned about Shevchenko's backstory, I learned about the backstory of these other fighters, too. And I didn't pick up that from Herrick's backstory, but I definitely picked up that she kind of has a lot of mental demons, especially when it comes to performance anxiety, it sounds like, and needed some time off. And there was a lot of worry whether she could get, get, get it back together again. So Here's the thing. I do kind of want to find this out before we put it live, because if it's not true, one, it's very slanderous on my part, and two, she could kick my ass. Okay, well, I'm going to look it up right now, then. But there, I, I think there is some sort of background to that. I, I don't, I don't know. But um, 
Man. She's not, she's straw weight. She's only like 115 pounds. Yeah, 115 pounds, five foot four. I mean, that's, whew, that's a, yeah. she started doing Muay Thai, mixed martial arts. Um, I don't know. All right. It doesn't say much about that, but you know what? We'll just say. Right. Well, anyway. You always have to be careful Googling, like, express terms. I, I literally just Googled her name because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying yeah. to get in a trouble. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is fascinating radio, but that being said, we will try to crack research, verify this before we post it up. Anyway. All right. Final piece here. I've got a couple things. Uh, i got an outlandish theory of the week on Brock Lesnar. You want to hear it? I do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So he just – well, all right, yeah. And let's go back to – before we end, John Bones Jones really quickly. But anyway, John Bones Jones tested positive within the week before the match against Daniel Cormier. And the U.S. doping, whoever, came back. They, they pulled him from the match, took him out of the match, yeah. couldn't compete. They had to bring in Anderson Silver on four days' notice. Blah, blah, blah. Brock Lesnar also came out hard against John Bones Jones in the media saying, what a clown, what a loser, what an unprofessional person. Okay, that's fine. Brock Lesnar... Yeah. Like a week ago, tested positive, apparently in late June. So first of all, yeah. first of all, how does UFC – I get that they probably didn't want to pull both their main events. <laughs> so USADA's testing takes a while. That John Bones Jones test that he, that he failed on came yeah. out, what, two or three days before the – two days before the event? Yeah. And the test was from June 16th. All right, okay. And so Lesnar's was like and June so 28th. Lesnar's okay. was from the week of testing afterwards. Lesnar's all right, was so, all right, so that, that explains that piece. Okay, fine. All right. But let's just say that, you know, this is outlandish theory. So, again, this is not rooted yeah. in fact. But Lesnar's a part-time UFC guy at best. He's also a part-time WWE guy at best. Okay. Okay. Um, well. So what if this whole thing, this whole positive text is a WWE conspiracy Hoax. Now, now I'm not saying it is, and, and it probably isn't. But well, that's why it's an outlandish theory. Correct. But wouldn't that help boost his profile as a real life heel of a person going into his SummerSlam match with Randy Orton? And let me take it a step further. Even if the results, the test results are not a hoax, here's why it makes sense for WWE to not suspend him, to let him, and, and to potentially play it up. Number one, he's not full-time, like I said. Number two, Randy Orton is coming back from a legit injury, and the McMahons love Randy Orton and wanted to make him a good guy forever. And the fans, like, they hate to ha- They love to hate him, but they don't love him. They- he doesn't okay. get – he's not Steve Austin. He's not The Rock. He's not John Cena. He's never gotten over. What a great way, whether he wins his SummerSlam match or loses cheaply to Lesnar with interference, if Lesnar's a real-life heel – a real-life cheater who's also bigger than the 6'5 Orton because Lesnar's bigger than everybody. So the only way to make Randy Orton likable is for Brock Lesnar to not be a likable guy in real life. So either way, this works out perfectly for WWE. Well, i got to tell you a couple of things. One, your talk made me realize I miss the days of a certain, uh, I'll say the name, Dr. Sexy, Talking, writing about wrestling. Uh, this is the last time I watched any wrestling. Yeah. So if the filibuster freestyle could get a WWE correspondent, I, I might start watching wrestling again. I could get very into that because I the name Randy Orton. I know I have heard. Yeah, yeah. If, well, I'll if tell I you what. Over the man in the street, I would not recognize him. There is a pundit in waiting for this. If we can get our acts together, his name obviously is Roscoe P's alter ego, Delicious Tommy Sunshine. And yeah. uh, he and I have talked about getting him on the podcast to talk wrestling. I think you need to get him on. Yes. I, think, I think it needs to happen because 
we've talked about it on there before, but your your story career as a WWF at the time, WWF switching to WWE yeah. uh, writer pundit for the Scarlet Clark University's fine newspaper. Uh, we missed those days. Um, but second of all, I do want to defend the uh, the UFC on one thing, in that it is probably the strictest professional sports. Oh yeah, I don't think they're actually lying about in, the jug fest. In terms of, <laughs> oh no no, but I mean like so it it crippled that card. But for people who don't watch the UFC, are going to watch that and think, oh, it's all these roided up. Yeah, not true. Fighting. Not true. Not true. They, yeah. they test like no one's business in the UFC. So, let me so ask- uh, Lesnar's facing, what, a two-year ban from the UFC? He's gone. Uh, the WWE now, it's not a professional sport. I mean, I'm Correct. Not no, apparently, athletes, actually, the, the statement from the New York State, the New York State Sports Commission, basically was like the very almost tongue-in-cheek, like, he hasn't broken any rules in their sport. If, like, physicians think he can fight... If WWE wants him to fight, we're not getting yeah. in the way of him fighting. Oh, because it's fake. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, he, what, what is he going to make? I don't even know if the WWE has a policy. Who cares? If no, they, they have do a strong it? one because they got in legitimate trouble back in the 80s because Vince McMahon well, literally was giving guys steroids. Or allegedly. He was giving them out. Right. Allegedly, there was like candy jars full of steroids. And I think it's not even alleged. I think it was real and proven. The point is, it is what it is. Um, all right. Yeah. Let me. You got anything on John Bones Jones and how disappointed you were not to see that fight? Uh, very disappointed. I, most because I don't really like Daniel Cormier. Um, I don't like him as a. I, 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 I don't know what it is. There's something personally I dislike about the guy. Um, and I don't love his style of fighting. He's talented. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's like, been a great fighter. You know, he's a great fighter. I. He's just not. I mean, in, in somewhat you have to live up to the fact that you're taking over from the best fighter. You've got John Bones Jones and Anderson Silva when you talk about the best UFC fighters of all time. To be the guy that takes over for either of them is huge. Uh, Chris Weidman, to get his name over, basically had to break Anderson Silva's leg in half. Correct. And then people are like, oh, yeah, this guy's Fine, good. <laughs> Cormier never beat Bones Jones. Now, he really wanted to fight him that second time. Thinks he can, but he got destroyed by him the first time, so... Cormier's in a, in, in a tough spot. Um, I kind of feel bad for the guy. I know I do feel bad for the guy, even though I dislike him. Um, but, yeah, to miss out on, on Bones Jones, I mean, he is literally one of two guys. And then, you know what? You put George St. Pierre in that. In true, that too. true, true, yeah. But put those three guys. I mean, when, you, when, when you've got a guy who's top fighter, top three fighters of all time, it sucks. You know, yeah. It was, Whether, even if you dislike the guy, even if you don't root for the guy, correct. Well, you go back to your statement earlier about you know bringing in new fans. Like that fight was absolutely geared to do that, and 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 and, yes. and Bone Jones now facing John Jones now facing another ban. Uh, you know, it's that's not going to help anybody. Yeah. Well, Jones in, is now going to be out for two years. Okay, exactly. Um, and when he comes back, he's going to be mid thirties. And his brother just got busted. Arthur Jones just got busted. Well, as long as Chandler Jones stays legit, I don't care. Um, what, are you a big Cardinals fan now? No, I mean, I just anybody on the Patriots, either, even when they leave, any stink on them will just come back to the Patriots. I don't want that's that. That's true, that's true. Um, anyway, all right, let's end it on this and stick around. We'll catch up. NBA All-Star Weekend was supposed to be in Charlotte next winter. Um, the NBA this week decided, I don't live in Charlotte, just so for those of you just listening for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm glad they're moving it because – if you want to be big time as a state or a city, because it's a state law, not a city law, I believe, House Bill 2, 
Uh, you have to act like grown-up and have grown-up real-life 2016 policies. The North Carolina state legislator decided to act in a backward, provincial manner, and they deserve this embarrassment they've created and the negative economic impact it's going to bring. You had Stephen Curry, a son of Charlotte, North Carolina, coming back as a two-time reigning NBA MVP. He's a perennial all-star. He's played in the last two finals. He's been a champion once, an MVP once. He's the member of the winningest team of all time regular season. And instead of giving him his coronation lap, you decided to act like a bunch of people from the 1930s or before. And now it's going to be in some other city. So you know what? You deserved it. And it's a great state. I've really liked living here for the last year. But for everybody who's progressive down here, I speak for you, even if you don't want me to, which is our state legislator stinks. It's a pathetic law. It's embarrassing to people I live here sometimes. So good for the NBA. Peace out, Boy Scout. What do you up with that? What? <laughs> All right, everybody. Good news, bad news. One, I filibustered at the end there for the first time in a while. Felt pretty good. Number two, the house didn't burn down. Number three, the great Andrew Patterson not only joined us on short notice, but he is preparing what could be the first ever written article on filibusterfreestyle.com. Check that out. Here comes the intro. Andrew, thanks for being on, buddy. Hey, guess what? I didn't know you were still on that whole time. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how we end the show. When did you think I left? You can tell. Because you did a big hand swipe, and then I thought you ended it. I did too, but I forgot to keep things up. Okay. Behind the scenes for you fans out there. Yeah, meanwhile, I was looking in the uh, in the phone the whole time. I think my eyebrows look really light. Oh, they look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>